1: You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production in association with City News. So, peacocks. Beautiful birds. Always a special sight. A welcome addition to any neighborhood or town. As you may have guessed, Peacocks are not native to anywhere in Canada. And they are especially not native to a small BC town, where one of them just kind of showed up one day with her chicks. And then she had more chicks. And soon, the peacock became a part of this town's identity. After all, they were unique. They were special. They brought a little slice of loveliness to a small town. (laughs) Okay, so maybe not everyone loved the peacocks. In fact, a lot of people really, really didn't like them at all. But those who did loved them to pieces. And this is what happened. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Lindsay Bourgon is a writer, an oral historian, and a 2018 National Geographic explorer who wrote the story of the peacocks and the small town for the walrus. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Jordan. Why don't we just start this way back at the beginning? Tell me about
0: Pearl. Who is Pearl? Sure. So, Pearl is a peacock that lived uh, for some time In the town of Naramata, BC. And she's named Pearl because of her coloring. So we tend to think of peacocks as these kind of rich green and maybe sapphire colored birds, but Pearl was white. Uh, She was entirely white and that that's where her name came from. She, you know, Pearl's origin story in the town of Naramata is a little bit contested, but um she from from around 2007 on appeared on the streets of Naramata and had chicks uh, while she was there and those chicks and her ended up being the the kind of wild fowl that roamed the streets of this town and became quite iconic.
1: Tell me a little bit about Naramata first. You know, what kind of town is it? Uh, Where is it? I'd never heard of it until I read this story.
0: Sure. So Naramata is in the Okanagan of British Columbia. It, I believe is on Lake Kelowna. And uh, it's a, you know, at one point it was on the opposite side of the lake that had become really very kind of tourism infested. And so it was very small. It was a town where a lot of small orchard farmers or orchard keepers lived near. Um, And it has a kind of quirky personality It, uh, you know, it really attracted artists. uh, And there was a there was kind of like a hippie movement in southern BC, in the 60s and 70s. And a lot of folks ended up living out there and living off the land. And it had for many, many years, it was kind of the more affordable region of the Okanagan to live in. So That's that's kind of where we find ourselves with this story.
1: And so Pearl shows up uh, somehow in Naramata and settles down and has uh, a herd, a litter, a flock, a murder. What do you call what do you call a bunch of peacocks?
0: Uh, I believe you call them a flock. (laughs) She had, uh, so she had some, you know, she had kind of two rounds of chicks. Uh, and when she first showed up, there were already some chicks with her. Um, and then there was another round that came kind of a couple years later. And so eventually the, the kind of small brood that was, Roaming the streets of three or four peacocks was expanding to be kind of like seven or eight, <laughs> and peacocks are very beautiful and they're very cool to see, especially kind of outside the context of which we might all be used to seeing them in a zoo or in a you know, and they they wandered the streets of Naramata and they would they would kind of unruffle their tail feather tail feathers and and put on a show, but they they also were becoming a nuisance. So
1: tell me, um, I guess you can tell me about the nuisance, but also just maybe when they first showed up, you mentioned this town already kind of has a quirky personality. How did the town react to having this flock of peafowl, I got that right, I think, um, living amongst them?
0: At first it was, you know, it was kind of a mystery. So, you know, there were lots of stories kind of going around, you know, in terms of how they arrived uh, in you know, there were rumors around if they had come off a nearby ranch or, you know, if someone had left them behind. And at first they were, you know, it was was a fun thing. It ended up as, it was something that ended up becoming very integral to the town's identity and even their marketing. So there are businesses in the town that put peacocks on (laughs) their mugs, their travel mugs, their stickers, things like that. But not everyone was on board, particularly because peacocks can cause some property damage, which they began to do. And tell
1: us about that. <laughs> like what kinds of stuff do they do? Cuz I picture when you when you ask me to picture birds uh being a nuisance, I picture like geese, right? Yep. Which poop everywhere, totally. but other than that don't really go crazy. But what do peacocks do?
0: Yeah, peacocks um are attracted to shiny things. Uh so they will often perch on top of cars and to get up there they have these really kind of nasty long talons that they would dig into the car and and uh you know, would leave these deep scratches on people's vehicles. Um they would ro- roost on top of vehicles and then people couldn't get in the vehicle because the bird was feeling perhaps territorial and kind of uh, warning! It warning people to back off when they arrived. Um, they eat flowers and would would kind of go through and destroy gardens. You know wherever they felt wherever they felt entitled to go. <laughs> they on the ground a little bit more. They you know they chased vehicles. They're quite loud. They don't have a very pleasant uh, scream or call and. And uh, they were just for a certain percentage of the people in Naramata, they were an annoyance rather than something delightful. But for another group of people, uh, they were just really beloved. And so what ended up happening was you had folks that would keep their back gates open so that the birds could come in and they built them like places to sleep in the winter. Some people were known to feed uh, feed the peacocks. The peacocks ended up having a sort of nomadic, like regular kind of nomadic rounds that they would make, where they'd go from one house to another, and they knew the houses that fed them, and they knew the houses that had sheltered places to sleep, and uh, and so there was eventually a little bit of headbutting in the community around uh, how these peacocks should be treated.
1: What happens in a community when, and, and peacocks are like, the peacocks are one thing and they're the funny part of this story, but like when uh, when something that becomes integral to a small community is incredibly divisive, right? You've got probably neighbors, one of whom is feeding the peacocks and the other whom wants to shoot them.
0: Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what does that do to a town? <laughs> I mean, Naramata is a very, very peaceful place, but um, in that sense, I think perhaps the, the kind of disagreements were were quiet disagreements that ended up uh, building up over time rather than there being kind of like large-scale meetings. There were a few public meetings that were held about the birds in which people argued one way or another, you know, that they had become part of the identity of the town. There was, you know, some people had gone as far as to say that they loved the peacocks as much as they love their own pets and their own children, and that if anything had happened to them that they would just be completely heartbroken. And then it it all kind of came to a head with with Pearl um, and her three chicks um, in 2014.
1: So this has been going on for like six or seven years at this point.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, it went on for quite some time. And so...
1: Split Screen Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now.
0: A property owner, you know, the birds had been on his on his land, leaving droppings, being loud, and he took it in, well, we don't know who it was actually, so they took it into their own hands and hired a local trapper who on, on this fella's in this fellow's yard, uh, the or this person's yard, the the trapper set up a large scale peacock trap and trapped Pearl and her chicks within it. And those birds were then moved to a petting zoo, uh, which was in it was pretty far outside Naramata, actually, and it was in another town. And it was kind of a privately run petting zoo.
1: And what happened uh, when the rest of the town found out that Pearl had been spirited away?
0: People were very angry about this because it the decision had not been made as a community at all. It had been made in terms of a private a private citizen who who took it upon themselves. The interesting thing is that there's there are some questions as to if if peacocks are a wild animal, like who owned them actually? was was really the question there. And the thing is that nobody does own them. Peacocks are also not part of the wildlife that's listed within, uh, for instance, like a conservation officer's job. Like they tend to focus more on traditional British Columbia wildlife, like bears and even geese, things like that. So the, the, the conservation officer, the CO, you know, it was not their job to handle the peacock. It ended up coming down to someone just got so frustrated one day that this is, they took it into their hands to do it.
1: Just because you mentioned it, I was going to ask you, so where do peacocks come from? Uh, They're not native to BC, I suppose?
0: No, they are native to Southeast Asia. They are quite powerful symbols. Uh, You know, I think the peacock is India's national bird and they really have a lot of um, symbolism there. And so they're introduced over here, usually, again, by private landowners who want to have them be kind of part of their estates. And so there's, There's lots of similar drama to this throughout North America. In California in particular, there are a lot of properties, you know, often with mansions, quite large properties that might have peacocks on it. And it's not uncommon for when people to leave, the peacocks get left behind or they are released into the streets and they just kind of take over from there. I think there's a very famous case of Hugh Hefner had some peacocks that were that were yeah at the at the Playboy ranch and they uh they they were set loose and ended up taking over the streets.
1: <laughs> so this person who just took the law into his own hands and trapped the birds actually ended up independently sort of putting this I'm not going to call it a peacock crisis that sounds weird but putting this issue to bed. <laughs> yeah. Yes. If anybody ever wanted to know what the connection between Naramata, B.C. and the Playboy Mansion was, we've solved it for them. Um, so this this person traps Pearl and some chicks, takes them to the petting zoo. The people that love the peacocks in town flip out. What happens next?
0: Well, some people went to the petting zoo to check in on the birds. They were that worried. The petting zoo at the time said that they were receiving way too many calls from people from Naramata that were calling about these birds, and they were, they just wanted people to be assured that the birds were being taken care of. And a public meeting was then held a little bit later because two peacocks, two male peacocks had remained in the town. And the thought behind this was that they were two males, they could not reproduce. And for whatever reason, they were not trapped at that time. And they ended up uh, being named Peter and Kevin in the town informally. And they, they stuck around Um, And they became kind of the focus of the town's kind of peacock love after all of this, whereas before it had really been Pearl. It was quite a loaded topic for many people.
1: So what happened to Peter and Kevin? They got to just keep chilling out and, and live out their days in peace?
0: Well, they put the issue of the expanding population to bed. You know, there were still peacocks behind, left behind. They were still causing damage and being noisy and essentially still following along the same path that had been kind of trod before them. But the issue of more chicks coming every year uh, was then gone. They, you know, they became, one of them became quite uh, iconic for uh, roosting in a Ponderosa pine near the public library, um, and they, you know, they remained kind of around town. They would go to the cafe and uh, sometimes they'd unruffle their feathers in front of the window. And, you know, there was a lot of people wondering if they n- knew what they were doing, if they did it there on purpose. They would chase the garbage trucks every Thursday. Um, and so they had their they had their routine, Kevin and Peter. Are they still there now? They are not. Uh, so uh, in January of this year there uh there was was sort of a tragedy around these peacocks where one day in the middle of the winter someone posted kind of as you do on the on the community Facebook page saying i believe that it was a hotel owner or an inn owner and they had arrived and noticed uh, quite a bit of blood and some feathers on their patio and it appeared that one of the birds was gone; had been killed, most likely by a bobcat. They think.
1: Which one? <laughs> Do we know?
0: They weren't sure, but at first, it, I, I think the first kind of sighting was Peter, and then nobody had seen Kevin either. And so, rumors were kind of floating around, like, "Did were both of the were both of the peacocks gone?" And it seems that yes. They have both been, they've they both disappeared from the town of Naramata.
1: That is kind of a sad ending. It uh, is. What happened to all the merchandise? Do they still sell peacock merchandise? Is the peacock still a big part of the town's identity, even though there are no actual live peacocks?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I have not, uh, I have not been down there to ask. I I definitely think they do. You know, I think that became part of the, the kind of design of the town and it it was a people were people were heartbroken you know um there were a lot of people that really relied on these birds for a certain amount of like whimsy in their day and connection to where they lived and uh, the birds are are no longer there to provide that so uh, many many people felt really really sad
1: are they going to go get more
0: Um, my understanding is no, but also who knows? Who knows if somebody (laughs) goes out
1: and gets one and it just shows up just like Pearl did.
0: Yep, exactly. Because at one point in between 2014 and when this, when this kind of tragedy came about, there were some new peacocks that appeared in town at one point and they were very quickly ushered away. Kevin and Peter were, were allowed to remain, you know, there, there had been a sort of detente around keeping... They
1: were grandfathered in. Yes,
0: exactly. Uh, but these new birds were very quickly taken to a petting zoo as well. You know, time will tell if people reintroduce the birds to Naramata. My in, kind of intuition is that it may not ha- happen. I don't think anyone would want to be caught doing that. Um, which may be more likely these days, you know.
1: Lindsay, much like the town of Naramata, I rely on stories like these for a little bit of whimsy uh, in the midst (laughs) of all the news we cover. So thank you so much for sharing it with us.
0: Thank you very much for for asking me about it.
1: Lindsay Bourgon, bringing a little slice of whimsy to the big story. You can find us at thebigstorypodcast.ca. I don't know if you'd find any episodes on that website quite like this one. You can talk to us on Twitter at TheBigStoryFPN. You can email us if you have stories like this peacock story. We would love to hear about them. The address is hello at TheBigStoryPodcast.ca. And you can call and leave us a message and play us those peacock sounds. 416-935-5935. You can find this podcast wherever you want to get them. If you find it in a place that lets you review it, please do so even if you hate us. All publicity is good publicity in podcast land. Thank you for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow.